Lewis. What's up, what's up? It's your boy AT and your boy AE coming to you live and direct with another episode of Bars, Rhymes and Life where we break down the bars, relate to the rhymes so we can shed light on our lives. Just listen. To another episode of Bars, Rhymes, and Life. Alan, how are you feeling today, my brother? Feeling good, even though there's a uh, there's a lot going on today. Fucking hell! Yes, there is a lot going on, and I—I I mean, I don't know if you're going to delve on or touching it today, but I'm just—I just can't believe how much has happened in one day. I don't know. I feel like uh, every time I go to look at the prime minister, there's change. It's like <laughs> you know, someone's just moved them. Like when Charlie Brown goes to kick that ball and it just gets moved. Hey, Five minutes are gone. Tell bars. Like, nice tie in with the track there. For me, it seems like the Prime Minister's, uh, you know, that criminal mugshot. You know, when you do a little, like, <laughs> oh, is it number 113? It's like you could just put a random conservative face up there and, like, any given week it'll be, all right, that, that's the Prime Minister. That's the Prime Minister. No, 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 hang on. That's the Prime Minister. It's just mental, mate. Absolutely. By the time this comes out, there'll probably be another one and then another one. <laughs> <laughs> My pick this week, Science featuring Blue. And his track name's called Charlie Brown. Alan, what do you think of my pick this week? I really enjoyed this track, actually. First thing that hit me was the production on this one. Absolutely loved the production. Really laid back beat. Um, sucker for a nice piano loop. And I looked into the producer, um, EOM, and I found out that he passed away in 2018. And he's the same age as us. Um, he had some kind of health condition. So I was like, first and foremost, rest in peace to him. Like, obviously a very talented producer. I'm going look to look into his production a bit more. And yeah, I just enjoyed the track in general. It's got a kind of, kind of a lo-fi feel to it with the, with the Charlie Brown samples. And then obviously that ties into to the lyrics and the theme of the song. But yeah, enjoyed it. Facts, bro. Uh, everything you say times ten. I just love the flow of it. The 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 instrumental caught me the moment when I heard it, and I was like, "Oh my god, what's this all about?" And then science starts rapping, and it's just vibey, it's bouncy, and some clever lines in here in, in some respects. So yeah, I I just wanted to share it with you, and I feel like I've impressed you for the last couple of weeks with certain artists and tracks that you've not heard of but you've been impressed by the production and not not to say you're never not impressed by the production but it's somewhere you go right i know this guy is gonna be sick right whereas this is like never heard this guy before don't know what to expect and then the production's caught you and i like that i'm like i'm hype about it can't wait to start who's up first you're up well i guess i'm making love to this phone feel goals on my mind while i'm stuck in the snow i want to kick it with you Dust it off as we go. Well, I 
guess I'm making love to this phone. Feel goals on my mind while I'm stuck in the snow. I wanna kick it with you. Dust it off as we go. Send me snap at the end there. I was checking my average phone time. And my average phone time is six hours and twenty-three minutes. A and day. I think I a day. And I have to say that I think I love my phone more than anything else in the world. <laughs> like like let's just take this for a minute, right? If time is money and time is love, because you know when you you know you think about the I don't know, the the close to breaking up relationship or, you know, those those teen dramas when they have a little bit of a confrontation with their parents and say, you don't spend any time with me, right? So like if if time is love and time is money, statistically, I love my phone more than anything else or anyone else in the world, right? Because I spend six hours a day on the fucking thing. I don't think I've ever spent six hours with a family member, an ex in my life. You know, not in not in the manner in which this stupid device is done. And it's just insane. So when I read that line, like, well, I guess I'm making love to my phone. It's like, you know what? I actually think we all, we all are making love to our phones. We're, we're, we're more obsessed with our phones than maybe we are with general people in our lives. And it's not in a judgment matter. It's just, it's just a fact, a statistically fact of a matter thing where it's just like, whoa, man, really, really... The line made me go, how long, how much time do I spend on my phone? And I was shocked. And this is coming from a guy who's not on any social media. I'm not on Twitter. I'm not on Instagram. I'm not on Facebook. And I'm still racking up six hours, 23 minutes a, a day. That's crazy to me, bro. And then I'm the... looking at my phone as we speak, trying to figure out what my screen time is. I can only see it for today. I don't know what it is for the re- for the average. What's it been for like today? Two hours twenty six for today. Right, you're not bad. Like you, you're that's not bad going. <laughs> but I've been at work today. <laughs> uh, um, the next three lines are really nice with respect to what these lines are intended and mean. Science is coming from the standpoint of relationships, and I kind of relate. Like I kind of go through the same mentality from time to time with what he means. I want to be someone and be in a relationship. Like feel goals on my mind. I want that goal of being with someone, but I'm stuck in the snow because of the past traumas and the past hurts and the past relationships that I've had. So when I meet someone that I want to kick it with, I can't because I need to dust off the snow as we go. But the problem is it's hard because different people have different levels of snow and they have different depths of snow. So I might just take two days to wipe my snow off to be ready to engage in this relationship whereas someone else might have like four years of snow on them and it's just like you can never get it right so I just love it where he's like I want to kick it with you but dust it off as we go let's just let's just start now and we can we can work it out afterwards but it just never seems to work out and you always feel like you're stuck in the snow so I just related to it in that way and I just thought it was bars yeah so it's a slightly risky way of approaching it isn't it like oh we'll figure it out as we go along um yeah i snapped you on on those two lines and the following two but you keep moving the ball like the call wasn't yours so peace peace boo i like that he's he's you know he's made this take on the iconic comic strip moment of charlie brown having the ball pulled away from him at the last second you know and he's turned it into this extended metaphor of a relationship that just can't get off the ground 
and he feels like the other person is maybe pulling back at the last second, letting him fall flat on his face like Charlie Brown. And and he says he's doing it because, you know, it's it's not on the call wasn't theirs, it wasn't their call. And basically he's saying it's not on their terms, they're not ready, maybe they got something else going on. We don't really know the reason, but all we know is that he wants a relationship with this other person and the other person isn't interested at the moment, it seems. Um but it sounds like he's not waiting. He's, you know, he says peace, which sounds like he's walking away from it. And I think that's probably best, uh, not out of like vindictiveness or, or pettiness. I just think if you're in this kind of one-sided situation where one person is pursuing and the other one is evading, it's better for everyone if you just back off, give them a bit of space, and most importantly, give yourself space. I think it's better for your well-being and like for your mental health to distance yourself a bit. Because there's a risk that you end up putting like your happiness and your self-worth in the hands of someone else. And then you keep advancing, they keep rejecting you. You know, you end up thinking, oh, maybe it's me. Am I not good enough? Should I do this? Should I do that? And you don't really want to do that to yourself. And it can be hard to like pull away from a situation like this, especially if you feel the other person is giving you mixed signals. Like if she's inviting him to kick the ball, but then moving it. She's saying she is interested in, but then she's saying maybe not right now. The way I approach these things is trust what they do and not what they say, which is just another way of saying actions speak louder than words. You know, if the question is, does this person want a relationship with me? I would just break that down into two questions. Could they be in a relationship with you? Are they? And if the answer is yes and no, then there's your answer. The answer is no. They don't want to be in a relationship with you. They could, and they're not. Regardless of what they say um, about the future or some other circumstances, the answer at this moment, now in the present, is no. And I don't mean that as like a dig at the woman. I'm not saying she's being dishonest or anything. They might have completely legit reasons for not being ready. Maybe they do want a relationship in the future, but he can't live in the future any more than he can live in the past. It makes me think of this quote from um, John Green's first novel, Looking for Alaska. One of the characters says, Imagining the future is a kind of nostalgia. You spend your whole life stuck in the labyrinth, thinking about how you'll escape it one day and how awesome it will be. And imagining the future keeps you going, but you never do it. You just use the future to escape the present. Jeez! Bars. That's an unreal <laughs> bar. Mad madness. Who's next? You're up. Stress ever mindless as a philosopher and stylish, prone to nostalgia. Stress ever mindless as philosopher and stylish, prone to nostalgia. Snap. Really interesting set of lines. Uh, really interesting to me that we both snapped it as well. It, I because it's not. It's a bit of a bar. It's a bit of a paragraph. It's right in between. It's neither here or there. It's not. It's not the rhyme scheme, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's interesting that that nostalgia line kind of steps out of the rhyme scheme, doesn't it? Yeah, and it caught us. Like we've picked it out. So there's something interesting there. Um, it takes pretty brief. The fir- well, maybe the first one is: Is it mindless to stress? Is is stress a form of mindlessness? Because you know, it's in, when you stress about a situation, it's usually through inaction or it's usually out of things that are out of your control and you stress about them. 
You don't, you rarely stress about something that's in your control and you rarely stress about something that you know the outcome of. It's, it's always the stuff in between. And I always just thought, is it mindless to stress? Is it, is stress a form of stupidity? And I know that's <laughs> like a bit of a wild take by me there, but is it, is it? I just, it just had me thinking because stress ever mindless as a philosopher and stylish. And I think, you know, philosopher stylish is like this suave guy who's very stoic, never really seems to be phased by anything because he's, you know, he's, he's mindless to his own stress. So that's just how the line caught me. And then the second line, you spoke about it before in your bars before about nostalgia. And I just, how powerful is nostalgia? I think nostalgia is super powerful when you hit your 30s and 40s as well, man. I think it really multiplies itself. So what comes with your 30s and 40s is a better sense of self and a better identity and a lot of maturity. But I think if there's one tiny kryptonite in these years that I consider my happiest years ever, I think it's nostalgia. It's it's a it's a gravitation towards, oh my God, remember that? Or wow, that thing was amazing. That, that just blows me away. So that, so basically that, that was my take, bro. Yeah, I pretty much said exactly the same. It's, it's interesting what you said there about, um, yeah, is, is it a kind of stupidity? I can't remember who said it, but someone said that worrying is a misuse of the imagination. I think is an interesting way of thinking about it. Um, yeah, I, I like this line that the mindless philosopher. You know, it could be could be a reference to being in like a meditative state. You know, you're kind of zen and your mind is clear and empty. It could also be the opposite of that when you're mindless because your mind is just too full of thoughts. I once read a, a story about Isaac Newton. I don't know if it's true, but it said that upon swinging his feet out of the bed in the morning. He would reportedly sometimes sit for hours, immobilized by the sudden rush of thoughts to his head. Fucking hell. It's like, I don't, I don't know if it's true, but I, it definitely feels like, especially if you're someone as a genius as Isaac Newton, that you could just be immobilized by your thoughts. Or then, he was like just pretending said, to be gravity. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> it's character acting gravity. Sorry for interrupting you there, bro. <laughs> <laughs> And and then, like you said, prone to nostalgia. Uh, I completely agree. I'm so wary of nostalgia. It's so seductive and it's so comforting. You know, it's. I, I I've said that it's like a glass of whiskey. It gives you a nice warm feeling, but you got to keep an eye on that shit because you know too much of it will go to your head. And I think I think people can get drunk on nostalgia. And I think I honestly think a lot of conservative, small c conservative ideology. It's built on a kind of nostalgia. Um, it's usually nostalgia for a time that didn't ever really exist. Um, you know, the good old days. And and I think I think every generation does this. Like when I'm scrolling uh, through the socials, my phone just told me that I spent two hours on TikTok yesterday when I was looking at, <laughs> at my screen time. Um, and, and the algorithms are constantly trying to show me nostalgia content. They're like, hey, look at this this game from the 90s. Do you remember that game? Or... Do you remember when you used to wear clothes like this and remember when you had this for school lunch and a bit of nostalgia is nice, you know, it's a bit of fun in the same way that a little bit of whiskey is nice, but, but it sometimes goes from, Hey, you know, remember this cool thing to, well, things were better before. And then that becomes our oh, new things aren't good. Then that becomes, we should just go back to the old way. Everything now is shit. And before you know it, you're just being pulled into this kind of backward looking 
reactionary worldview where everything new is something to be feared or judged or looked down on. And then you start every other sentence with nowadays or nowadays this happens and nowadays that. And it, that's such a red flag for me. Like a sentence that starts with nowadays, I think, is, is usually followed up with some kind of massive generalization and then a, a heavy dose of nostalgia. So, yeah, I think enjoy your nostalgia, but don't let it go to your head. You really made some amazing points there, Alan, and it sort of provoked me into this thought as well which is why I feel like the latest generation always feels a sense of ostracism from the generation before. So with, with, with the boomers to the millennials, oh, you millennials, you don't fucking know, whatever. And now the millennials towards the Gen Zs, it's just like, oh, you don't know about what... And, it, and it's just exactly the route that you just described in, in your tape. Yeah. That, and it's like you said, it's around that 30 mark. When you get there and then you suddenly realise that you are not where the, the cool new thing is anymore. Uh, and I think some people react to that by saying, well, the new thing is dumb. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, you're not including me or I don't feel included or I just don't connect to that. So therefore, your thing is just not right or wrong or whatever. So yeah, no. Amazing take, man. Bars. Who's next? You're up. This is living when living is lie. Living is love. Living is life. What you living it for? I'm living for life. Give me a life. And now for the surprise. Yeah, word up. This is living when living is life. Living is love. Living is life. What you living it for? Another snap. One thing is, I think this is blue. This isn't science rapping this bit. And the rhythm and the flow is crazy on this bit. Like, it's really slick, man. And it's very tongue-tie but it's bars i just wanted to relate back to what we spoke about on marlon craft which was on cool gray 11 which was just about being present just be more present that's what makes me these lines draw me up to think like this is living when living is a lie living is love living is life what are you living it for i'm living for life give me a life so it's sort of like don't stress too much about the future, literally about what you said previously in one of your previous takes. Don't get caught up in the dramas and commit to make a commitment to yourself to try and keep things simple. You know, sometimes we draw these sort of trees out in our head about the future, like that's going to happen. And when that happens, I'm going to do this. And when this is going to happen, I'm going to do that. And then that's going to And you just get like exactly, sorry, uh, that John Green phrase about how you sort of, can't escape the worry because you're you're just constantly trying to navigate a map that is actually a labyrinth you've created a labyrinth for yourself and you're trying to navigate something that's an absolute mess and i just think these bars really reached out to me similar to like what marlon said in cool grades 11 where it's just try and keep it simple man and try and live in the present because it's not so much about satisfaction i think it's the the number one thing that is one-to-one -one in terms of when I bang this table, I'm feeling about banging this table that the sound and everything is immediate. It's impact. It's like, it's there for me to make assessment and judgments and objectivity from. When you try to make assessment and judgments on the future and the past, like you've said before, in the, the past memories never ever bang on. They're always a bit jaded and they're always biased in one way or another either worse or more better than it needs to be with regards to nostalgia and the same goes when you try to make obje objective decisions or thoughts on the future 
we fucking don't know what that like you know what's it going to be like in the future what's it going to be like what's the weather going to be like in four days time you have no idea so why am i buying a rain jacket for there's nothing wrong with buying a rain jacket while it's fucking pissing down and you got absolutely soaked that's a reason to buy a jacket but trying to buy something because you think something's going to happen is i think it's a dangerous route to take so it's just just about being more present and it reinforced what i heard on marlon on cool grace yeah i feel like that's something a lot of people had to learn when well basically got turned upside down for like two years in, in the pandemic like everyone's plans just got stopped and yeah you just had to adjust to a new normal yeah i, I snapped you on this line as well what are you living for it's it's a big question and it might, it might be like the question the the philosopher albert camus said that judging whether life is or is not worth living is the most fundamental question of philosophy and for him the question leads to a kind of absurdity like a, a, a confrontation because like as humans we have this fundamental need for like happiness and for for reasoning and finding meaning in everything but all the world gives us back is unreasonable silence as he puts it or as i call it the void like and and it is it is absurd you know the, the biggest most important question we can ask and there's not really anyone we can ask it to like who do you ask that question there's like obviously if you're theistic then you might have someone to ask it to but still you're not getting an answer back really you can shout it into the void if you want but again you're not getting anything back and so ultimately for Camus the answer is to stop asking the universe for an answer and just make up one for yourself embrace the absurdity live for the meaninglessness live for the struggle or as he says in this bar live for the life it's great bars man straight up facts man who's next you're up send my condolences tell my emotions i've been eloping i'm in love with love i've been evoking all the dopest shit i'd never spoken this is the weirdest shit i ever wrote crush your melon open with another note on another note Send my condolences to my emotions. I've been eloping. I'm in love with love. I've been evoking all the dopest shit I never spoken. This is the realest shit I ever wrote. Crush a melon open with another note on another note. I just wanted to flip this all on its head because usually when we use the word condolences, mostly it's usually like associated with some things bad's happened. You know, my condolences that you've lost this person or that kind of thing. That's usually the connotation in which the word's used on. But I love the fact that these guys have said, send my condolences almost to my emotions. And it's like you can send your condolences to bad things instead. So sending my condolences to my own depression or sending my condolences to a bad job because I'm leaving it, it can feel really releasing. And when I when I read those bars, it felt quite releasing because it seems like he's, you know, Blue's Court is kind of saying, Send my condolences to my emotions because they were stressing me out or making me feel some type of way. I'm in love with love now. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm in love with me or I'm in love with my ideology. Simply like what you said before, like he's made a reason and his reason is love. So I'm in love with love now. I'm not in love with the idea of love. I'm not in love with the idea of having a wife or whatever. I mean, I'm in love with love itself. I've been evoking all the dopest shit I've never spoken. It's like, it's a release. It's a release when you start, you know, saying goodbye to the stuff that was bad in your life. And actually just 
you know, manifesting it in that way and saying, hey, goodbye to my depression, goodbye to my, you know, toxic work friends or whatever, you know, it could be anything. I just like the way it's flipped. I have no idea what, I don't know if there's a thing that there's notes in melons. I had no idea, but that's why I want to reach out to you about crush your melon open with another note on another note. Is there is there a thing where you have notes in melons? <laughs> I don't know, man. So I, I assumed that hit melon was meaning head here. Oh, like okay, 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 okay. Cool. Crush your yeah. head open. Open with it. Okay, fair enough. Appreciate that um, insight from you there, bro. It's literally just changed it all on a head for me. Um, <laughs> uh, bars. Just I just thought it was really nice. And I, I just find this tune... I've listened to this song a lot, Alan. I really, like, I talk about replayability. This tune's got fair replayability for me because it's so vibey and just chill. You don't really need to, like, it's not a massive head fuck if you don't want it to be a head fuck. But the bars are really, really chill and nice. And it's quite an uplifting track for me when you think about it. Yeah, man. 100% agree. Great tune. Nothing but love to science and all his fans nothing but love to blue and all his fans nothing but love and r.i.p to eom unbelievable production on this track nothing but love to all the brl listeners out there nothing but love to you alan one peace it gets lonely at the end of the day but ain't that what they say i heard it's hard to let go with your pride in the way ain't that what they say Love Jones tend to be right under your nose, but hey, ain't that what they say? Ain't that what they say? Ain't that what they say? Is that what they say? Ain't that what they say? Ain't that what they say? Here you are, Charlie Brown. Now I'm going to run through this at slow motion. Charlie Brown. Shall we run through it once more at normal speed? No. No, I don't think so.